There is no other name as powerful as the name of Jesus. There is no other name. The song that we just sang is a song that is very special to me. I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to ask that you keep your eyes closed and, and, and let the Lord speak to you through this that I'm going to share just now about this song. You see, when my father was alive, daddy died uh, Martin Luther King 2020, and he had this huge tumor in his face, and he had to go through surgery. Now, I prayed for my dad for 25 years, 25 years. Because I knew that if my dad would not make it out of that table, I was concerned of his eternity. I was desperate because he was in another state. And I was desperate. I was over here thinking, how can I send somebody to share Jesus to my father? So... I contacted many pastors. I couldn't get a hold of anybody. And I was already getting a little nervous because his surgery was going to be the day after. So I remembered my cousin who does street ministry in Washington, D.C. I reached out to him and I said, Rick, I need for you to go to dad. And I need for you to talk to him about Jesus now my cousin's Spanish is not all that he can speak it but when it comes to ministry he gets he, he struggles with it a little bit so I texted him something to read to my father my dad at the time when my cousin went to him he said listen I need for you to read this message what I shared with him through this text, I said, Dad, I know you're scared. And I know that you are nervous. But the God that I serve loves you. And he wants you to be okay. Only through Jesus, you have your safety net. You have your, you have your assurance only through Jesus. Now, the choice is yours. If you make this decision for Christ, read this following statement out loud. My cousin tells me that as he was reading, tears started just flowing out of his face. And with a trembling voice, he started reading, Father God, I give my life to you at this time. I present myself as your child. And whatever happens to me from this day forward, I thank you that I will go to heaven. My cousin said that the Holy Spirit took over. And he says that there was, there was so many people in that room laying hands over my father. To where 16 months after, Jesus called him home. On that same day when I received that testimony... I heard this song for the first time. And when I heard this song for the first time, it spoke truth. Especially the last part of that chorus. 
because Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is beautiful. Jesus is powerful. But I want to, if it's okay with everybody, I'm going to ask you all to stand one more time, and we're going to sing this chorus one more time. With the conviction, listen to me. Before we sing it, I want you to remember what you're going through right now. What the Holy Spirit wants you to remember is that there is power in the name of Jesus. Can you believe that? There is power in the name of Jesus. And God wants you to trust that. That he has everything in his control and in his power. And as, he, and as we sing this chorus, and as you sing this chorus, declaring the truth about Jesus, Jesus is at work. Amen? And we sing it. And it goes... about this for a second. Now think about what you just declared and what you just sang to the Lord. We don't sing these songs because they sound pretty. We sing these songs because we believe that the declaration that we are pronouncing right now holds truth. Holds truth. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is no name, no other name that walked through the face of this earth that represents the kingdom of heaven than the owner of heaven himself. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And there is power in that particular name. My Savior, my God, my everything. Amen? What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name I got one more. You 
see, when the Holy Spirit takes over and gives you another word, you know, I have to share the word because I'm not going to be an act of disobedience. Parents of teenagers and smaller children, listen to me very carefully. Your house is your sanctuary. We are responsible shepherding our homes. This generation is out of whack. It gets more difficult each day. But the anointing that you have received from the Holy Spirit gives you authority and gives you power to pray over your house, over your children. When we leave this place out through those doors, that's the battlefield. We are in a war zone. I am not going to allow the enemy to feed lies to my children. These are my kids. God gave my kids to me. And it is my responsibility to teach them truth about Jesus. God gave me my children. They are his. I am just being the manager at the moment. Children. Jesus loves you very, very much. Mom and dad prays for you all the time. There is no weapon formed against my house that will prosper. There is no weapon formed against your house that will prosper. And we sing it one more time. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Time out. Keep it going. Yeah. Jesus is a chain breaker. He is a chain breaker. Amen? Now we're going to declare that God is going to break every chain. Every chain that is tying up my house. Every chain that's tying unto my family. Every chain. Every chain and every individual, we're going to declare that it'll be broken in the name, above all names, in the name of Jesus. Amen? There is power in the name of Jesus. Sing it. There is power in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Every chain to break every chain to break every chain to break every chain to break every chain there is power Yeah. 
that you are an awesome God who breaks every chain, who breaks every chain. It doesn't matter the weight of the chain, there is power in the name of Jesus who breaks every chain, who breaks every chain. Can you hear it? Sing it. to break to break every chain 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 father we want to thank you so much for the freedom of worship for the freedom of knowing father that you are powerful to the point father that you break every chain you break every chain. You break every chain. Now, Lord, we want to hear from you again and again and again. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Give the Holy Spirit a round of applause. How about that? He deserves it. He deserves it. Amen. Woo! Y'all can be seated. Thank you, guys. Blessed thy child that brought me water. All right. You know, if, let me, let me rephrase the welcoming. Welcome to Sunday morning fire. How about that? Amen? <laughs> fire don't happen on once a month. It happens every day, don't it? Oh, so glad. I'm so glad to be here today. And um, I needed this. You know, after Friday and Saturday morning, you know, I thought for a second that today, with everything that I slept yesterday, I thought that today I was going to feel, you know, energized. <laughs> when you're covering the, the, the Sunday morning and you say, there's going to be a blood drive, the Blue Cross is going to do it. You know that something is wrong here. Man. That's why I said, listen, 
I pray, for, I pray that your grace and your mercy extends over here today because there might be other bloopers happening again, and that's quite all right. I'm going to be sharing from God's Word um, two verses, two verses on Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and verse 9. Those are the only two verses that I am going to share this morning. And the Word of God says like this, for it is by grace... You have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Father, first of all, I want to thank you for your word today. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will empower this servant to share your word. Give the message to each and every one of us, so we can not only be listeners, but we can be obedient to your word today and always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, this past week, God has been speaking to my spirit about grace. We all know the word grace. We've all heard the word grace, and for whatever reason... He was nudging me throughout the past two weeks about grace. Now, we all love to receive grace. We all love to receive forgiveness. We all just love to receive, right? Now, when it comes to give grace, that's where the challenge comes. And I shared that last Sunday with Skyland Latino, about extending grace to others. Now, that's not going to be the sermon for today. I'm just giving you sort of, a, sort of an overview. And when I w- while I was sharing, and I was, pr- I was actually praying about this, one thing about us preachers, well, this one right here, is that every time I'm going to prepare a sermon, when I'm about to sit down and I'm going to study God's word, and I'm like, okay, Lord, where do you want me to take this? You know, God gives you like a a roadmap, and sometimes the directions don't make sense. Have you ever driven with a GPS on and, and you feel that you know more than the GPS? You know? I am fully obedient to the GPS, Because when I know where I'm going and the GPS is going to reroute me, he's really saving me from a traffic jam, right? But when I'm not obedient to the GPS, I'm stuck on traffic. And the least I'm feeling is the joy of the Lord, especially when I don't have snacks. Whoo, man. Forget it. So... When God has given me a word, and to me it doesn't make sense, but I, I start kind of like doing an overview of everybody in the congregation that I might know, that I might think that I know what's going on with it. I'm like, Lord, but what, what, what sense does this make? It makes no sense at all. But when I say, but, just like Peter, when you said throw them nets after they've been fishing all night, make no sense, I'm going to be as obedient as he was that day. So... That's what I did. I I prepared a message about extending grace. And man, do I tell you, 
During worship last Sunday, this pulpit was busy. The pulpit was busy. I haven't even started preaching yet. And the pulpit got busy. Chains were broken. Chains were broken. And that's what happens when we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And we, and we go by that direction because the Holy Spirit knows more than any GPS in existence. And we, and we were experiencing that, right? When I, when I was talking about extending grace, you know, we were talking about that verse. And as we were sharing the message, the Holy Spirit showed the church that there was chains that needed to be broken at that moment. Isn't God great? God is just so good. Now, as I was reading this particular verse and I was going through today's message, God reminded me that a better way to understand about extending grace is to be reminded that grace was extended to me first. Grace was extended to me first. Jesus extended his grace to my life and to your life first. Now, last Tuesday, I was having a conversation with one of my daughters. I said that I wasn't going to call them out today. I'm going to be, you'll be, not that they complain, but, you know, I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. Ain't that right, Kiki? So, so let Last Tuesday, I was having a conversation with one of my daughters, who will remain anonymous, and we were talking about this, about extending grace. I shared with her that when we extend grace, this means that we forgive who offended us, even when this person doesn't even ask for it, nevertheless doesn't deserve it. Why? I'm glad you asked. Because of the reason mentioned before, my offenses were forgiven without me deserving it. The problem with us human beings is that by nature, we tend to hold grudges. We tend to hold grudges. And one of the things that I mentioned last week is that sometimes we hold a grudge thinking that we're damaging because I am not talking to you. I'm going to hit you where it hurts. Someone said that doing that by not extending grace is like drinking rat poison and expecting the rat to die. Now, I have an exterminator in the house, so I got to be very careful how I approach this. So, hey, Carlos. So, rat poison will poison the one who drank it, right? Holding a grudge will only hurt the person who doesn't extend grace. Why? Because the moment we continue to hold a grudge... Something called the root of bitterness takes over our hearts. And once our hearts get cold, 
your, your facial expression changes, your demeanor changes, and it's noticeable to those around you. Have you ever known somebody that when you know them, you know that, wow, this guy has the joy of the Lord or, you know, oh my gosh, she is so graceful. And then a couple of months pass and you see this person again and look like they sucked on a sour lemon. You know, they're, they're all like this and, you know, something, all that bitterness, you know, and you're like, what in the world happened here? I could almost assure you that that root of bitterness because of not extending grace, took over that life, and that's what you see. Now, that's not the message today. I just got to, I'm giving an overview. Now, during my preparation, I was reading Luke 15. I was going over Luke chapter 15. And one of the things about Luke chapter 15 is First of all, Jesus, while I was preparing all of this and, you know, I was having my moment with the Lord, Jesus used this chapter, you know, just to, for me to paint, to have a better picture of the why. You know, he, he explained to me the why through this chapter. I'll explain this. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus shares three scenarios. The lost sheep, the lost coin, and a lost son. The lost sheep, the lost coin... And the lost son. This is why I believe that the Holy Spirit was, is, is, is charging us parents to continue to cover our children in prayer. Amen? That's a, that's a side note. So when reading these three scenarios, we see two reactions here. The, 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 the reaction of the person that lost the sheep and then found them. Same with the coin. Same with the son. Now... We have all experienced these reactions as well. So there's two reactions. The first reaction is the reaction when we lose something. I don't know about you guys, but it happens to me more often than it should. For example, do you realize how insanely crazy I get in my house when I have to leave and I cannot find my car keys. I go nuts. I start looking and, where are my keys, you know, and all that stuff. Now, my short-term memory is very, cha thank you, AJ, for affirming. He over here doing this. My short-term memory is very challenging. You cannot ask me what I had for breakfast. Now, ask me about a, game, a play in 1996 in a World Series, and, you know, I can remember all the details. Sorry, Braves fans. Anyway, <clears throat> so I'm over here just going nuts looking for the keys, and my short-term memory is challenging. Then I get the question. Where was the last time you had them? I don't know. If I would have known this, I would have gone to that place. I cannot remember. So here goes Jose going all nuts again, going all crazy, looking for his car keys. Then I pull my secret weapon. I'll give money 
to whoever find my keys. Then I just sit back and enjoy the show. Hey! Now, the problem with my family is that they don't give me a line of credit. They don't accept an IOU. Whoever finds it, I got to pay on the spot because, you know, that's, that's just it. Now, when, once I find my keys, which is the second feeling, that is when I start breathing again. I feel the color of my skin coming back. I even hug my keys, I think. It was so good to see you. Thank you for being here with me today. When something is lost, when something is lost that we actually need at the moment, we get desperate. There's a sense of desperation that comes into our lives that sometimes it's just out of control. We, we get desperate because of the fact that we need what we're looking for and we have no idea where we left it. Our keys, our wallets. It's funny that my dogs always find their way back, but... We get desperate. Why? Because what we were searching at the moment is very important to us. If it was not important to us at the moment, we wouldn't care. We wouldn't care if we lose it or not. We wouldn't. When we find it, we celebrate it. We get happy. We can continue doing what we were supposed to do because we have what we need to do it. You see, in the three scenarios that Jesus is sharing on Luke 15, the loss of a sheep, the loss of a coin, and the loss of a son shares the desperation when these were lost and the celebration when these were found. Why is that? Why is that? Because each thing or each item that was lost had value. Not only did it have value, it also had purpose. Y'all heard of that? It had value and purpose. Now, you hang on to that. I, were, I was reminded of the time that I was lost and when I was found. The moment when I was lost and I was found. Now, if I stand here today and say, hey, you know, I was found and, and I'm going to heaven because I did something really, really awesome. I ate a plate of green beans, so I earned my way to heaven, you know, or, or hey, uh, hey, I cleaned the bathroom in my house, so I am certainly going to heaven. You Bible scholars will be looking at me and saying, look, pal, you're nuts. You're crazy if you think that that is, go that is what is going to make you go to heaven. And you would be right. 
You see, there is nothing that I could do or there's nothing that any of us could do that earned our way to, to heaven to get to receive that gift of salvation. Nothing that we did and nothing that we will ever do will earn our, our place in heaven. That is grace. Jesus took my place, put himself on that cross, and he did it because he loves me that much. He did it because he loves you that much. That is grace. Because of that, John 3.16 paints the best picture ever. He says that, for, that God so loved the world that he gave. He extended. He gave his son for all of us that will believe in him, not only in our minds, but receive him in our hearts. Will not perish, but have ever lasting life. Now listen carefully. Everlasting life. What's eternal doesn't stop being eternal. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't stop being, it's not temporary. The Bible doesn't say he'll give you temporary life. That if you don't eat your vegetables, Jose, you're going to lose your salvation. Everlasting life. That is why when we commit a sin that we know that is displeasing to God. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm sure I'm the only one that does this, right? When I mess up, that I know that I messed up in front of God, in my prayer, hello, I start saying, God, I know I messed up big. I'm going to try to do it better tomorrow. I've been saying that same thing over and over and over until I heard one message that said it really clear. It's not by works, pal. There's nothing you can do that to earn what has been already given to you. The blood of Jesus washes us from our sins. Grace was extended to me first. See, if I was to receive what I earned, I wouldn't be standing here in front of you fine people, fellowshipping, sharing God's word, and having this moment in the presence of God today. If I was to receive what I had deserved, every morning I would leave the house, and every morning the question was asked, Will this boy come back in a body bag or in handcuffs? God's grace was extended to me first. Jesus reminds me that I am loved. That I am loved. Not only did he love me in the past, he loves me right now and he will always love me. And that holds true for you as well. Do you believe that? God is good, man. God is so, so good. And, and the moment that Jesus found me, you know the party in heaven. Now, listen, I love parties. I love parties. I'm, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. We celebrate a cockroach and a hand dance. Yeah, we do. 
we are, we're party animals. Now, we've gone to some parties that were really not good. But heaven, I just can't wait. I cannot wait to celebrate the gift that God has given me through his grace, through his son, Jesus Christ, that he found me first. Heaven celebrated the moment Jesus found you. He did. I'm going to ask the praise team to make your way up and um, as we are about to close this. But I just wanted to share that. Heaven celebrates the moment we were found. The moment we were found. Heaven celebrates. I want to close with this thought. The reason why Jesus painted the picture of the lost sheep, of the lost coin, and of the lost son was because in each of these scenarios, there was a lesson. And the lesson was that the reason why when the loss was found and was celebrated is because we have value and we have purpose. If I celebrate an item that is going to give purpose at the moment, do you realize how valuable you are to the Lord? And the fact that he has saved you and called you for a purpose, you have that purpose. The question is, do you know what that purpose is? The reason why Jesus came and gave himself for us is because we are valuable to God. Because we have purpose in the Lord. Back in 1994, if I tell you that one thing I didn't want to be, if you would ask me, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know, the particulars. I want to be a cop. I want to be a fireman. I want to be... I never said I wanted to be a pastor. When I got saved, and I said it, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't think I have it in me. I was this thin back then. You know, some things have changed throughout the years, but I remember saying that. You heard the saying, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. Boy, did he have something for me. I thought that I was going to be the muscle of the church. Like, they needed that. I was going to be the muscle of the church. I'm going to be the back. I'm going to be, you know, because I still had that, 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 that street thing in my head when, you know, I was still in that process of transformation. I thought, I was saying to myself, if I see somebody possessed, man, I'm just going to kick them out of the church. Get out of here. Nobody wants you here. That was my mentality. Ignorance in its finest. When Jesus called me, when I was called, I was renegotiating that calling. I said, no, man, God, come on, man. No, this, I mean, pastors are, they, they look funny. 
you know? They, 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 they look funny. He arranged that real quick, you know? The reason I was trying to negotiate is because I thought very little of myself. I was never a straight-A student. Shoot. I used to celebrate a C. I used to celebrate a C. On this last course of study, I got a B minus and I was complaining. Imagine that. I was complaining. And then I thought I caught myself and I said, I'm complaining for a B minus? Glory to God that God changed his heart, right? I didn't want that. I thought that I was not worthy to lead God's people. And, and God reminded me. He took me through scenarios. It was like, was Moses ready? Was Peter ready? Was John ready? Was Andrew ready? That's when I heard for the first time that God does not call the qualified. He qualifies who he calls. If he were to call the qualified, Jesus would have called the Pharisees and all these teachers of the law. He didn't have to do much work. They already had the knowledge, but they didn't have the heart. What Jesus is looking for is hearts of obedience. God has placed me. When I said, I don't feel worthy, I don't feel qualified, the Holy Spirit reminded me and said, you're not doing this alone. All I need is you. I will take care of the rest. I will take care of the rest. Then I asked a question. How will I be successful? The answer was, just love people. Just love people. Show them who I am through your life. Show them the before and after of what I've done in your life. Let them know that I'm still around and that I'm still in the business of transforming lives. 28 years later, here I am. Thanking God for the privilege. Do you know your purpose? Do you know how valuable you are? Do you know how much has been rejoiced and continues God to rejoice and celebrate because of your faithfulness? Because of your faithfulness. He says, be faithful in the little. I will put you in lots. Now, there might be an area in your life 
that you might be struggling with and you need prayer today. Now, as you walked in here today, you might have you might have walked in here with a heavy heart, something that you're struggling with, something that you might be saying, you know, I need to give this to the Lord. I am struggling with this. Maybe a sin that you that you, you just feel that is going on and on and on and you want God to help you with this. He breaks the chains. Maybe something that you're going through in your health. Maybe that you want to get closer and closer to the Lord and, and you just need prayer. I give you two options. Option one, while, while we're singing, these little reserved flags that are right here, there's a little space here. This means right here that if you want to pray and have a moment, you and God, this is the space to do so right here now from this point all the way to the end that means that you want to be prayed for that you need prayer it could be I've, I've been to church all my life but I never asked Jesus to to save me can you pray for me it might be hey I'm struggling with I'm sick, I'm struggling with health. Can you pray for me? Maybe something that you're gonna experience soon and it has you kind of anxious and nervous and you might be saying, can you pray that God's peace takes over my life? Whatever the case may be, the altar is open and then I, I'm inviting you to come and pray.